Hello everyone and welcome to another talk here. We're going to discuss uh, Bill Evans here, talk about um, uh, his writing and uh, harmony. All right, so um, um, I'm going to reference a, a book of his. Um, well, not of his, actually, uh, written f um, on him by Jack Riley. It's called um, The Harmony of Bill Evans. And I'll put a link here, um, if I can find one, um, for that, for that book. Um, it's a book that I, I, I have a hard uh, copy of and um, um, read uh, many years ago um, and I think it will be kind of helpful for us uh, to to discuss it all right so as I'm um, oh there's a volume two as well um, so as I'm getting uh, this already I'm, I mentioned that I'm uh, recording this audio as a, as a podcast I'm streaming this live to um, YouTube members and I will um, also be recording it here locally and uploading it. So I've, I've found that um, sometimes if there's an issue with the stream, um, you know, it might be helpful to have the, um, the video recorded in case there's a problem with the connection and all that. All right, so I'm, I'm putting a, a link that is an affiliate link um, for the Harmony of Bill Evans. I was just um, you know reading through it a little bit um, and you know it talking a little bit. Oops, it talks a little bit about. Um, uh, different forms and things too to start us out. So, so I'll talk about that um, as well as we as we go through. All right. Um, so it has a preface and um, a little something on the education of uh, the jazz musician. So that's what I was kind of. Uh, reading, reading through here a little bit. Um, so I'll mention that as I'm just kind of uh, skimming through here a little bit. Um, so they mention uh, blues form. Uh, they mention the uh, song form and the uh, free form, and then they they um, talk about um, so they talk about that in terms of kind of stages to learning, I guess, um, and then they have these what they call parallel classifications: uh, modal, tonal, and uh, atonal, which is you know kind of in line with what we. I've been um, talking about, and then they 
kind of equate the blues form with modal, um, song form with tonal, and uh, free form with uh, atonal. And they kind of go on to qualify that a little bit. Um, and then they talk a little bit about um, uh, the instinctive stage, the intellectual stage, um, and then to the intuitive uh, stage. So they have they kind of put that into um, into this th those three stages as well uh, in parallel. So so. Anyhow, I thought I mentioned that a little bit. Um, okay, so they, they talk about periscope as being a uh, um, uh, something to help us follow some of these rules um, or some of these ideas on. Um, how to voice chords or some basics on that. Find my other glasses here. I don't know where I put those. Oh well. Alright, so um the um the root third and the and the seven of a given chord. Let's say we have E flat. Maybe you want to switch over here to this view. All right, so let's say we have the E flat would be the root, G would be the third, and D would be the major seven. Okay, and they're saying omit the third, which is kind of what we just did. So let's let's back up a little bit. So let's say we had an E flat major seven. There we'd have a root, a third, a fifth, and a major seven. Um, so they're saying, okay, well omit the fifth and then that leaves us with these these voicings and then we can play this note on string three okay and then their third third step that they say is um, uh, add, adding an optional uh, color to it so that may be a ninth right so a ninth eleventh or thirteenth is what they mention here All right, so those are certain you know concepts that we can we can take into account. So um, keeping the root third and the seven on the on the lower um, register of the chord, and then maybe having some of those other tones on top. Just just generalizing on that. All right. Um, so then we have some. Some examples, um, and you know, one of the concepts that we'll kind of kind of gain from from this, I think, in particular, is the concept of uh, secondary dominance. So, if we're in the key of C, for example, and let's say we're trying to create some motion to get to D minor. Right. Well, let's say if we're just for example, we're going directly from C, C major seven, we could 
maybe play C sharp diminished seven and then move over to D minor. What is that um, C sharp diminish? Well, it, you could relate it to an A7. So here's an A7 in um, first inversion. That's that's similar to the to the C sharp diminished. We have this tone. So we might also say, okay, A7 flat nine. After that, over over C sharp. And that helps us point something at. A, a, another part of the scale, like uh, like the two chord, the the D minor. So their fir the first um, song, and I'm just gonna kind of gonna glide through and do some basic overview and takeaways on this. So they talk about periscope. So they have a two, five, three, six, two. Five, one, six, two, five, three, six, and then three dominant, right? Okay. Okay, and then we're going to go to F major seven. Now the the E7, say E7, you know we might tend to think of that going to the A minor. Okay, like maybe like, like a five of six. Okay. Um, there are quite a few um, chord changes where it does actually go one three, and then to the four. Um, all right, so that's where we're going here. Four, and then five, one, six, two, five, and then Five minor to the one dominant, and what that has another function there with it as a two five to the key of the four. So the C seven becomes a, a secondary dominant of five of four. B seven, B flat seven, and A seven. So we're kind of a walk down chromatically. And then the A7 might say forms a five of the two chord. Okay. Two, five, three, six, two, five. Okay. Now, here we might even connect here a little bit, might say. We get to the three, but this time it's half diminished, right? So minor seven flat five, which is usually followed by the five, the A seven. In this case, two five, um, and then we get 
the two. So that's a five of the two. D minor, G7, one, four minor, and then three, six, which kind of forms a two, five, and gets us back to the two chords. All right, so that gives us um, a little bit of an of an idea of some of the um, chord changes there. Right, thinking in terms of, um, like I said, secondary dominance and all that. So they talk about some goals in here. So these are some goals that that you might try to place into to your own playing. Obviously this is a pianist but um, that we're analyzing here but um, you could do some of these things on, on guitar. Um, harmonize, you know, harmonize the melody based on the chord changes. Um, practice just the melody in all keys. Um, play the three note voicings we talked about. I'm in all keys and, and, and strum the melody, or sing the melody. So a lot of diff just different, um, and those aren't all of them, but um, just a few different um, um, kind of things that they might do um, to um, analyze uh, or, or really internalize really just about any uh, any tune. All right, so let's take a look. Um, look a little further here um, in this tune, and maybe I'll just in, in general talk about um, some. We dive deeper, maybe into some some of the things that we talked about um, so far. All right, so. Um, on guitar, when you're maybe kind of translating uh, some of this information, um, let's take key of C. Oh, we can play uh, the root third and uh, seven of a given chord, and try to try to kind of maybe move them up strings, you know, five, four, and three, and go into the key of C. Adapt each chord so that we remain in the key of C. So maybe do that in one octave there, and then kind of the same kind of thing, uh, but maybe uh, with uh, the sixth string, and then the middle two um, strings. Same kind of thing. Have the root on six and the the third and the seven or seven and third on the um, middle two strings, strings four and three, right? So maybe kind of move those up, D minor, E minor, F. Maybe carry some of those down an octave, down to F, G. Okay. 
back along there. So that's a really um, pretty powerful, um, I think, concept uh, for us guitarists is to um, see if you can play the third and the seven on the middle two strings. Um, eight. Now, you could certainly work those out on any uh, of them, but you'll get a, really a lot of mileage out of, I think, those two, because um, you can try to think of maybe the low two strings as kind of your bass instrument, and then the middle two strings as your, um, your chord quality sort of instrument, and then the upper two notes as upper two strings as maybe either melody or think of them as the um, kind of color tones that you might put on those like so C major you might put a nine on there right? um, include some nine chord nine chords try that all on the on the low four or the, the low yeah low five strings add some color to them. now these uh, you'll get a lot of fifths going on so so you might experiment with, with 11s 13s sharp 11s Um, and then from there, um, maybe taking the top top four strings and working on those a little bit like like we're doing with um, on Green Dolphin Street, right? So let's say you have um, the C major major seven. We'll do rootless. So we might play this chord. Now we've added the fifth back in. We got rid of the fifth. We got rid of the root and then put the fifth back in. But you could play maybe the 13 instead. And then kind of as a practice sort of thing, take, take the right hand and play some tones down here to get that going. Right. Um, D minor. That's D minor nine that has a fifth in it. We can say, okay, well, maybe we'll put a nine and eleven, and just give the ear time to kind of absorb that. Okay, on this E, I'm playing a little more of like a um, dominant. So I'm playing E seven flat nine, flat thirteen. F major. Again, we could do that. Do this for listening, maybe. Um, to 13. Sharp 11. Right, and just kind of moving up. Um, there's a G 13. Uh, includes an I in there. So a couple of examples, and then play um, uh, also. So 
there's a little little bit of a phenomenon you might say maybe this is obvious maybe it's not I don't know but um, if you have a you know C major seven when we have a fifth in there on string five or sorry when we had I meant to say string five when we had string five in there uh, with a the root and the order of the middle two strings is three and then seven. When we put the six on the root, just kind of what's out of what's available in a position as far as the fingers can reach. With seven is lower and the three is higher. Right? So we can go through that whole, you know, process again of playing the seven as a lower voice and third as the higher voice, and then you know, maybe experimenting with how those are going to sound. I'm going to be using the right hand. Um, I don't I don't have really good facility with tapping necessarily. I haven't really worked on that that much. But um, um, but it is it is good to give your ear the root note, you know. You know, play the chord. Give yourself some uh, some context. So if you have the three and the seven down low, and then the um, uh, maybe two more tones up higher, um, that tends to work really well um, uh, musically. And um, but I think to be to be kind of thorough, I, I think it's it's good to also um, take some of those and and we take something like this. Let's say we're we're thinking about C major. Now the seven and the three are on the higher two strings, and then you know just kind of to be thorough on it, um, and give yourself a lot of ava available voicings, and also maybe explore some options on um, on those too. So as they said um, in the book, there use the 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 root and the three and the seven as your foundation and you know if you're playing and in, in an ensemble with a bassist then you are you already ha have that root note so you can really even just drop that and uh, free up the hand to place maybe some of those other higher notes like we talked about so admitting the fifth maybe admitting the root too um, on on piano you can do kind of both both hands, but even then, you know, if you have a, a bass player, you may uh, leave that root note out. Um, so um, let's talk about the secondary um, dominant. So each one of these um, locations, right? C, D, E minor, F, G, A minor. Um, you might try to work in, in reverse a little bit on those. So you have two chord and then find out what the five of that is, right? So two and then five of two and then two or three, five of three. Okay. And uh, four chord. <coughs> Excuse me. Five of four and then four. The dominant can also have a five of five. And then that A minor, E7, A minor. Right? 
So those are just some some quick things that you can do as a as a um, takeaway on on really a little bit of this talk, and um, you know, and we're we're pulling some some ideas concepts from from the book there. So um, so that's what we'll uh, work at uh, today, as far as that all goes. All right, so um, so yeah, check out that book. It's you know it's written for general jazz musician um, type of folks. So um, it's not written. What I mean by that is it's not written for guitar. It doesn't have tablature or anything. Um, so it does does require some music reading and things like that. So just be aware of that. But I would recommend. Um, that book for you. All right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for checking this out. Um, thanks to those on the member area. And um, if you are watching this on the YouTube, or on, um, or are you, if you're listening to this rather on the podcast um, and would like to see video on it, um, Join the member area at youtube.com forward slash preference. All right, everybody, have a great practice session, and I'll see you in the next one.